I wanted to bring today's episode to the podcast talking about boundary setting and scheduling our time. And this is really, really essential as you're starting to make these foundational diet and lifestyle changes to help focus on your preconception health. So setting boundaries, being able to say no. So we go through tips on how to actually do that. And then also to the, the, the tangible side of this with scheduling, how do we schedule our time so we can, we can actually do some of these new, new changes, these foundational changes, looking at our sleep, making sure we're eating properly, focusing on movement, looking at our mindset. So with this, it's sort of to create this this bigger vision of why. And if you're listening to this podcast, you have a big vision. Your vision is to expand your family and have and have a baby. So this episode will really dig into helping you to be able to achieve those goals and uh, making those foundational changes as you move forward in your preconception journey. So thanks for listening. Feel free to leave a review on iTunes. Hey there, I regularly speak with five to 10 couples per week who are struggling to have their baby. And although we wanna help everyone, we only have two spots available per month to work with us. So the Supercharger Fertility Discovery Call is for action takers really people who are ready to move forward so they can finally have their baby. And if you're not ready and you wait, the risk is you'll need to wait two to three months for a spot to open up. So if you're seriously considering working with us, go to fabfertile, F-A-B-fertile.com and click on book a free call. Then you'll be all booked in and ready to spend 30 minutes to give you the action plan to getting pregnant naturally. That's fabfertile, F-A-B-fertile.com and click on book a free call. The definition of a boundary is a line that marks the limit of an area. We spend a lot of our time in our lives with physical boundaries, like this is my land, this is my physical body, this is my physical car. But we don't learn much about energetic boundaries and protecting ourselves in that realm. Welcome to Get Pregnant Naturally, where functional medicine and natural fertility solutions will help you get pregnant and have your baby. Hey everyone, I'm Sarah Clark and my mission is to inspire, motivate, and empower you. Most of all, I want you to wake up. So with functional medicine, we can discover what causes infertility and eventually reverse the condition. Today I'm welcoming Jennifer Shaw to the podcast and we're digging into how to set boundaries and schedule our time. Dr. Jennifer Shaw has been in the health and wellness field for over 15 years. She's a doctor of physical therapy, a keynote speaker for a billion dollar international health and wellness company, and a sought after yoga instructor with expertise in anatomy, alignment, and injury prevention. She helps women break free of cycle of overwhelm and exhaustion to find more joy, energy, and balance in their lives. She empowers her clients to do this by the creation of simple habits that anyone can incorporate into their, into their daily routine. She's passionate about this subject because in 2009, she was struck by a car while riding her bike and lived through eight months of pain pills followed by years of chronic pain. She uses her journey back to thriving as the, the base of support for those she helps. Jen is ready to help you stop settling and begin thriving. Check out her website at naturalwellness.com tips. And before we jump into today's show, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this to make sure you never miss an episode. Hey, Jennifer, excited to have you on the podcast. Hey, welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. Yeah, awesome. So can you share with us uh, your journey and really how you came to this field? Absolutely. Yeah, it's a little bit of a broken road, but it's (laughs) been a fun journey for me now that I can look back. uh, Wouldn't always have called it that. But I am a doctor of physical therapy. I've been in the health and wellness industry for over 15 years. And just three weeks into my professional career as a physical therapist, I was actually hit by a car while riding my bike and I suffered some pretty severe injuries. So I went from being extremely physical, physically fit, a professional cheerleader, to living in chronic pain, suffering with a spinal cord injury, a brainstem injury, uh, and what I refer to as all the other back injuries, while trying to navigate the beginning of my physical therapy career. And Western medicine did what it knows best, and they threw a bunch of medications at me and really tried what they could to help me, but I was... I was a question for them. They didn't quite understand what my injury was. And for eight months, I took every pill that they recommended. I got at the end of that, I was taking about 30 pills a day and I was completely disabled. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was 25 and yeah, it was a really humbling, hard, hard time for me. And then I met with the head of neurosurgery for our hospital system out here. And when you're non-surgical and the surgeon meets with you for over an hour and consults four other doctors while you're in the room, it's usually not a good thing. And at the end of that 
that appointment, he basically looked at me and was like, you should be dead. You should be paralyzed. I really can't understand how you're functioning the way you are. And um, this sounds harsh, but you should be really grateful you're alive to take Vicodin every day. And I was like, okay, wow, that's a hard truth. And I cried a lot. And then I woke up the next morning and I took all of my medication and I put them in a shoebox, a big blue shoebox, and I put it up in the top of my closet. And I just stopped taking all my meds, which I highly recommend consulting a doctor when going off of your medications, probably not the best route to do it. Um, but I was just stubborn and over it at that time. And I decided if I was going to be in pain, I was going to do it off of medication. So I went and just started trying everything I could. Yoga, became a yoga instructor, acupuncture, cupping, gua sha, um, massage, nutrition, meditation. And eventually I was introduced to uh, doTERRA essential oils. And when I was introduced to the oils, I vividly remember sitting across from um, this woman kind of laughing at what she was sharing. And I said to her, I'm going to buy these to prove you wrong. Uh, and I did that. I bought them. And within six weeks, I ate crow and she proved me wrong. And I was out of pain for the first time in five years. Mm. Uh, and that was the moment that my life changed. And I was able to really start to see that there are so many other things we can do. And it's such a hard struggle. And so many people need support on this. Um, so I went from this time frame in my life where I was working three jobs just to get by, living in chronic pain, really kind of at this low, and I just couldn't get ahead in life. And then I started sharing the essential oils with people. I started building a business there. Since then, I've built a successful um, health and wellness business that one of the pieces is essential oils, but it's really wellness consulting, um, helping women break free of that cycle of overwhelm and exhaustion and frustration to really find some balance, some joy, some energy in life and find the emotional and physical health they've always been striving for. But most importantly, to keep that health instead of just finding it for a moment and then getting back on the roller coaster, fad diets and exercise, um, just helping them find some semblance of balance and control in their schedules and their lives. Yeah, that's quite a story. And what, as you say, like being on those 30 pills and then wait a minute, throwing them up in that shoebox and saying uh, no more, which yeah, obviously consulting with a physician, but, but for you, it was like, wait a minute, this is the, 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 I guess do or die kind of moment. And then finding all these things in the alternative or sort of functional community with yoga and cupping and massage and meditation and try it all and then essential oils. And yeah, I love essential oils too. We've got lots of podcast episodes to dig into on on the um, show here. So definitely go back to some of those episodes where we talk about, we've had Do uh, Dr. Maria Snyder on the podcast and talking about uh, essential oils for hormones. So there's, there's lots to, to dig in there too for fertility, but amazing that that really within six weeks making those change. And was it just essential oils or what was it for you? Well, for me, I like to explain it as, the essential oils was the icing on the cake. I had done the work before that, right? So I was practicing yoga every day. I had a meditation practice. I was eating healthy. I was doing everything I could to support healthy inflammation in my system. I had been working on my core stability. I had really been putting in the time. I'd been getting the body work, the acupuncture, the energy work and things. So when the essential oils came in, it was the icing on the cake for me that was able to put together the last piece of the puzzle that was able to give me the health that I really wanted. So I don't think if I had not, I, I feel as though if I hadn't have been doing the other work and that's where my whole company, Natural Wellness Tips started because I feel like I felt so lonely on this journey of putting this puzzle together of health for myself that I didn't ever want people to feel that way. I wanted people to know that someone could hold their hand, someone could link arms with them, and someone could guide them on this journey, whether it was overcoming anxiety or overcoming chronic pain or, you know, like you help people overcome fertility concerns. Like having somebody by your side that's been through what you've been through is so powerful. And I wish I had had that when I was on my journey. So the oils was really that icing on the cake for me and just put that last piece there. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So today we're going to be digging into uh, boundaries and scheduling and kind of a lot of the stuff. It's like when you, if you first, first discovered a functional approach, making those diet and lifestyle changes and a lot of things that Jennifer was talking about there, as far as making those those changes could be overwhelming, it could be confusing. Where do I start? So we wanted to, I wanted to dig into how to set boundaries so you know that 
you know, you're doing these, these foundational pieces are for you and how do you do that? And then actually the tactical part of it. So scheduling. So let's kind of dig into, so why would be setting boundaries? Why, why is that important? Yeah, it's, it's a topic that I struggled with for a long time, which is that I'm so passionate about helping people with it. Uh, but the definition of a boundary is a line that marks the limit of an area. Okay. So we spend a lot of our time in our lives with physical boundaries. Like this is my land. This is my physical body. This is my physical car. Um, but we don't learn much about energetic boundaries and protecting ourselves in that realm. And one of the ways we can protect ourselves energetically is through our schedule. And I find that unfortunately in our society, many of us follow this line of avoidance when it comes to our schedule. It's like, how long can I go till I look at my schedule for the day so I don't get stressed about it instead of, can I look at my schedule early and kind of have a plan and create you know, a system around this schedule so it's not overwhelming to me. But boundaries to me are being in charge of who, what, when, where, and why you're doing things. We spend a lot of time doing things to make other people happy. We spend a lot of time doing things uh, because we don't want to let someone down. We spend a lot of time doing things because we think it's literally the thing we're supposed to do, but not necessarily the thing we want to do, right? Like it's, I always say kind of look at a really great exercise to do here is to look at your schedule and say, like for the next week, what are three things that bring you joy in your schedule? Do you have three things in your schedule that bring you joy? Uh, I tend to put things in my schedule, like going to the beach or yoga or meeting my friends or, you know, hanging with my niece. Like I have a hike scheduled with my little three-year-old niece. We're taking on our first hike on Saturday. It's going to be super fun. Uh, But that's in the schedule, right? Like, so I schedule those things in that bring me joy. So when I look at my schedule, it doesn't just completely sidetrack me and overwhelm me. But then also look at your schedule and say, what are three things that that stress you out. And those are the areas that you probably need to have some more boundaries in. I I think one of the best stories I can tell so you can understand what I mean by boundaries is a friend of mine was struggling with setting boundaries with her family where she would come home from work in her scrubs and everybody wanted her as soon as she came home. Mom, 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 wife, wife, mom, like dogs at her. I want to go for a walk. Like everybody wanted her. She didn't get a chance to go to the bathroom. She didn't get a chance to get out of her scrubs. She didn't get a chance to sit down for two seconds and just breathe and communicating with her family. Hey, when I'm in my scrubs, when I get home, that means I'm not ready yet. That means I need to go upstairs. I need five minutes to myself. I need to get my bearings on. And when I come back down out of my scrubs, then I'm ready. And that boundary setting that boundary around her energy and her space was so powerful in showing up the best way she could for her family in showing up the best way she could for herself. Right. So that's what boundaries is about is asking for the support, asking for the space, and then being in charge of putting that in your schedule. So it's kind of this like abstract idea, but it's, it is really important and powerful. And a lot of people don't think they even are worthy enough of asking for that space. Yeah, that's the digging underneath it. Well, if if it's if and a lot of people struggle with this, especially in the fertility journey, because there's lots of things that you're you're dealing with, and being able to put put yourself first may may feel like there's could be all sorts of under things things underlying there as to why you're not doing that. So let's kind of like dig into why we're going to be why you'd struggle with setting boundaries. What about the fear of missing out? Like that was a thing for me. I'm like, oh, I want to say yes to this because everything's fun. Like let's. Yes, 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 yes. This is great because I didn't want to miss out. So let me talk about FOMO a little bit. Oh yeah, that is that's a hard thing for sure. And and you'll see the pictures of events, and you're like, oh, I should have been there. I could have been there. And um, especially on your fertility journey, we we've talked about this before, Sarah. Is that that level of stress uh, when we just say yes to things because we know it's going to be fun, but then it ends up stressing us out. That's increasing your cortisol levels. That's causing all kinds of stress and strain on your endocrine system. And it's just, it's not serving the highest good for anyone, specifically a couple struggling with fertility. We, We want to stay out of that stress cycle. So I like to ask myself a series of questions when I'm deciding if I'm going to say yes to something. Uh, and I think it's important to pause and take time before we say yes, because we tend to just 
say yes and then think about it later and then we're kind of locked into something and and it's almost too late to back out or you feel really really bad backing out right so i like to take the approach of when something comes your way say wow that sounds like a great opportunity I'm going to think about it and I will get back to you. I promise I'll get back to you by the end of the day or by tomorrow or something like that, right? But give yourself permission to take that pause. And then that's going to allow you to do some reflection. So some of the things I like to ask myself are, is this opportunity important to me? Does it excite me? Or am I saying yes, because I know it will make somebody else happy, right? So it's a really important question. Is it important to me? Is is there a really good reason why I'm doing this? Now, sometimes we do do things to make other people happy, right? Like if I'm stressed, but it's my best friend's birthday, I'm going to make it happen, right? <laughs> it's my best friend and she would do anything for me. But sometimes we're saying yes to little social gatherings that aren't super important for us or um, we're saying yes to um, requirements at our children's classrooms or um, at work that aren't necessarily super important to ourselves or our career, um, but we're doing it because we don't want to let someone else down. So you really need to think about why you're saying yes, who you're worried about letting down or making happy, um, and are you letting yourself down by trying to make somebody else happy, right? Then another question I like to ask myself, is this opportunity something I've been looking for in my life? Is this something I've been wanting more of, right? So maybe you've been trying to get more active and go for more hikes or something like that. Um, but your friends are asking you to go to brunch on Sunday and you had planned on going for a hike on Sunday, right? Is the brunch an opportunity you've been looking for or is it impeding an opportunity you've been looking for? So really just taking that time to, to look deeper. Um, and then here's the really important one. When I look at my schedule, does adding this in feel good or does it increase my stress level? You know right away when you look at your schedule and say, I really want to go to XYZ event, but when I look at my Saturday, I already feel overwhelmed. I can't imagine adding that in and not being stressed about it. Like if that's how you feel just thinking about it, then adding it in is not going to serve you or the people you're going to be there with because you're not going to show up as your best self. So those are just some of my favorite things to do so that you can get out of that, that fear of missing out. You can, you can give yourself permission to not you know, be perfect, not show up for everybody, not show up for every social occasion and things. And it's going to take a little time. There's a lot of quotes out there about boundaries where it says things like setting boundaries is going to make some people very unhappy with you. And it's usually the people that have very poor boundaries of their own. So if you set boundaries with me, I'm going to be like, good on you, sister. Look at you go. But if you set somebody, set a boundary with somebody who has poor boundaries themselves, they're going to feel insulted or hurt by it because they don't know how to set boundaries. So remember that their reaction to you setting boundaries is more about them than you. And so the first step is to really to pause and get back to them, which can feel hard um, if you're one, if a person just sort of wants to make a decision quickly. So that pause part and then how important is, is it, what is it, is it adding to your, what did you say? Is it adding to your life? And then, yeah, when you look at your schedule, does it feel good or does it increase stress? And so, and then I guess with that, and then we decide, hey, we don't want to do this. How do we, how do we then say no? <laughs> it's a very tough subject for some people. Now, my answer might not be the most popular answer, but, but think about this as we talk about it. You don't owe anyone an explanation. Okay. You don't need to call Susie Q and be like, I know that your birthday is on Saturday and it looks like a ton of fun and I really want to go, but I'm really stressed and I have XYZ going on and this is what's happening. And uh, me and my husband are trying to hit this goal. And other, like, no, you can just call Susie Q and be like, listen, hey, your thing on Saturday looks super fun. I'm so sad I'm going to miss it, but I'm going to have to skip out on this time. Like, let me know about next time. Hopefully we can make it. They don't need anything more than that. Just say, I appreciate the invitation. This is a nice opportunity. Unfortunately, right now, it does not work for me. We'll be in touch next time. Right? I don't know if this is a male-female thing. So men typically are like, sorry, can't make it. Women are like, I can't make it because the dog, because the work, because my laundry. There's like always this like huge list of like, <laughs> why. We don't, yeah, we don't need to say all the, all that stuff. Exactly. No, you are so spot on. It is so a male female thing. Guys are just like, sorry, dude, can't come. Yeah. Nobody questions it. Right. 
Definitely true. Um, I also think the other important thing in having the power to stand up and say no to things is having a bigger vision burning inside. What, what is your ultimate goal right now? So people listening to this podcast, their ultimate goal is to conceive a beautiful child and start a family or expand a family, right? So your vision is the growth of your family. And that needs to be focused on you and your significant other and how you are choosing to grow your family. And you need to really question things in life and say, is this serving our biggest vision? Do you have a clear vision with your spouse about what life looks like in the next year, in the next two years, three years, five years? Um, if you don't, that's a really great activity to do. Um, sit down and and think about what is your perfect day in two, three, five years? Where are you? What do you smell? What do you see? What do you taste? Who are you with? How are you feeling? Like, what is that that you're wanting? And then you can have a, a, a better drive to be able to say no to things that aren't fueling that vision. I love this quote by Stephen Cuppy. You have to decide what your highest priorities are and have the courage pleasantly, smilingly, non-apologetically to say no to other things. And the way to do that is by having a bigger yes burning inside. Yeah, I love that. And really, and the more, so once you decide, you know what, I'm going to say no, then all these things start coming up to actually test you. Yeah, but what's, what's your think on your, your take on that? Oh, that is such, so good. So good. Have you read The Big Leap? Yeah. Okay. So guys, if you're listening here and you haven't read The Big Leap, I'll probably give you like five books that I love for this before we get through our conversation because I'm a bookworm. The Big Leap has helped me say so many times, okay, universe, I see your tests and I'm going to pass. Thank you. Now, what I mean by that is The Big Leap says we have some upper limit problems um, where we tend to self-sabotage. So whatever that be about, income goals, starting a family, um, health goals, we have upper limits. And when we try to test those upper limits and grow past them and challenge our subconscious to leave a comfortable situation of, well, I've always said yes to this gathering every Sunday for my entire life, even though it's soul sucking and I can't stand going to it, but I say yes to it every Sunday. So I'm going to keep saying yes to it. So then all of a sudden your subconscious is super comfortable with this and you decide you know what? This doesn't serve me. This doesn't serve my family. This doesn't serve my larger vision. I'm going to bow out of these events. Now, what's going to happen is your subconscious is going to be rocked by this. Your social circle is going to be rocked by this. And you need to stand strong in your bigger vision. And you need to know that some of the things that are going to come up are testing you to see if this is really what you want. A good example, so you can you can see this, is when I quit my full-time job as a physical therapist to run my business full-time, I came home from my last day of work to my ex-husband now. He had bought me a big bottle of champagne, flowers, super excited, and then proceeded to start the largest fight of our marriage that ended in our divorce two years later. Mm. Not even kidding. It was epic. It was. It went on for two years. It was horrible. And the next day, I crashed my car into a car in the parking lot. Um, and it was like a stupid little crash, not a big thing, just knocked like a, a side view mirror off. But like still, it was like all these little things compounded and the universe was like, oh yeah, you sure you want to quit that job? You sure you want to leave that safety net? Like you sure you want to leave that comfort? And this is going to happen when you start to set boundaries. People are going to push back on you. The universe is going to push back on you. And it's going to really question, do you really want to make this change? Because this change is growth. And now here's the thing is change happens whether you want it to or not. It's your choice if you grow through this change. So you can make cognizant decisions that better your life in change or you could just roll with the waves of change. But this is going to happen to you no matter what. And the universe is going to test you. Your friends are going to test you. So you have to stand strong in your vision and know why you're saying no to something. Yeah, to go back to your why and know that when you start something new, like you said, so it'll be either the self-sabotage will happen before you even start it. Or two weeks in where you're like, you know what? I got this thing. I've been saying no to everybody. Forget it. And then you kind of just, you know maybe not aren't as aren't quite as vigilant and next thing you know boom then the self-sabotage will come and and maybe mm -hmm. guilt yeah what are some emotions i guess when you when you're saying no that are coming up guilt shame uh, mm -hmm. i should like when, i guess when you start saying i should 
dangerous. Yeah, I should. I should becomes very dangerous. Um, and you can change that to I could or I choose. Um, I choose is really powerful because it's putting you in the power. It's putting you in charge there. Uh, thinking about it this way too is one of the biggest changes that you're going to have to set boundaries around is most people working with you are going to have some dietary changes. There's going to be some lifestyle changes. And you might still say yes to social gatherings, but now you're going to show up at your aunt's house that you've eaten at every you know holiday or something. And you're going to show up and say, Hey, it, right now I'm not eating gluten or dairy. Um, and like, can we make some adjustments to the menu? Or I had to bring my own food or, you know, you're going to have to be bold in some of those things where you haven't had those restrictions possibly before. And it's coming back to why you're doing it. And the people that don't understand and give you a hard time, that is only about them and not about you. Yeah. The food thing is huge and coach people a lot on this, obviously was because we're having people start with the elimination diet and then making those, those further tweaks with food sensitivity testing. And so for me, when I first started doing this, yeah, people were like, what are you eating? What are you doing? All, like all this questioning. And yeah, I'd go to a restaurant and I'd be, I, I wasn't really, I wasn't really strong as to what I was doing. And so I wouldn't bring the chef over or the manager or whatever I needed. If I looked at the menu and went, oh my goodness, what am I going to eat? I'd be like, okay. And I would kind of sort of figure it out. And now it's kind of the point where I don't even look at the menu because I don't do dairy, gluten, or corn. I don't even look at the menu. If, and first of all, I'll look at it. I'll look at the restaurant beforehand to make sure they have some sort of option for me, for me. And then when I'm there, I'll be like, okay, let's bring the chef over or the manager to see, okay, hey, this is my, my restrictions. I like all foods. It doesn't really matter what you have there. And then I can eat it. But you, you become high maintenance, but it's, I don't want to feel like a piece of garbage after I've paid for a meal. And so, and if you're on the fertility journey, if you've got these sensitivities, then yeah, you can start, your body will start, you know, you won't feel good. Even if you've had them for years, once you take them out, then you can start not feeling good. So the whole boundary piece around the food can feel, yeah, socially perhaps unacceptable because like, what are you doing? And so that's a huge place to, to start with the boundaries and to kind of dig into that and know that you'll get a lot of like, what do you do? A lot of questions and you may question yourself. That's why having a coach and someone who's been there is super important. Absolutely. You need somebody to be able to call and say, like, I'm so frustrated. This is just what happened. Or I'm feeling frustrated because, you know, I'm struggling when we go out or, you know, when I go to my family events, like it's, it's going to be different. And, um, some people are going to try really hard to accommodate for you. Other people are just going to give you a hard time about it, but remember it has so much more to do with them than you and you have to come back to that vision but yeah you i know when i started um gluten free and dairy free i do eat corn still but when i first started going to friends houses or eating at restaurants and i was like i'm so sorry about this but can i have this without this without this and can i add like and then like now i'm like i don't i know what i want and i'm clear about it and i'm not really a big pain in the butt because i know exactly what i want and i'm clear about it so just stand in your power and know that you're worth it. You're worth taking the extra. My, my, one of my favorite yoga teachers always says, um, if you'd like any props to get comfortable, please grab them. You're worth the five seconds it takes to reach for that prop. Um, and I think in this journey, it's, it's good to say to ourselves, like we're worth the five seconds it takes to pause and put a boundary in place for ourselves and our priorities and our vision. Yeah. And then kind of looking at those stages of changes as the stages of change. So pre-contemplation, contemplation of, of a change and then preparation and action. And then we can go into maintenance. So if we're right now using boundaries saying, wait a minute, you know, that for the next little, I mean, it may be using that, that dinner, that standing dinner you have for on a Sunday or something that maybe that you're like, you know what, I need to take a break for that for the next little while, or maybe I'm only going to go once a month. So to be able to, there's some, thinking about that piece. And then there's preparing. So whatever you may start to do to prepare for that, and maybe it's it's being able to plant the seed with someone and, and start telling them as to what you're doing, perhaps as to why. So you can communicate that with a few close close friends and then or, or close friends and family and then um, the action part of it. So are you able to talk a little bit about that? If you go in too early and you're like, oh my God, you're just like, um, you hadn't quite prepared. Yeah, it's actually really interesting as you're saying that. I was like, oh, we need to definitely talk about that. One of the mistakes we make when we're trying to make big changes like this 
is thinking that anyone can read our mind. There are people in your life who benefit from knowing the choices you make um, and the changes you're making. And the reason being is if they understand your journey, they're going to support you. So communication is really clear here in the planning stage. Um, who do you need to talk about? When you're working with Sarah, you're most likely working as a couple. And that's great because you're on the same page. And then if you're working one-on-one, you need to make sure that you're getting your couple, your, your partner on the same page. But who is in your immediate circle that needs to understand what changes you're making? So for me, when I made changes with my health, um, I cut out a lot of things and I'm doing a really kind of hardcore six month elimination, really get my body in check, like be my healthiest version of myself. I communicated that with, I live with my little sister and my three-year-old niece. I actually had a talk with my three-year-old niece about it. She was very supportive. (laughs) She's super cute. Uh, But I let my sister know because it matters what my sister buys, you know, when she does the shopping. Uh, I also let my best friend know about what I was on journey-wise so she could support me. She'd send me recipes and just be there for me. Um, my, my parents, even though they don't live close to here, my mom came to visit. So we had a nice long conversation about why I'm eating the way I'm eating, why it's important to me. Uh, what is my vision? What is the whole point of doing all this? Right. So when you're telling people that's, that's important in the preparation of saying, Hey, Sarah, I just want to give you a heads up. I am doing some dietary changes. I'm doing a little bit of an elimination diet and I'm staying away from X, Y, Z, uh, ingredients. And I'm doing that because me and my spouse are on a journey right now to try to expand our family. It's a very personal journey, but I just want you to know that that's why I'm making these choices. Someone's going to respect those choices so much more because they understand your bigger vision. So letting the key people in on that like that part is so powerful for you having the support you need so you can get into action and maintenance within these goals. Absolutely. And then the, the questions will still come, but they may come out of, out of a place of curiosity rather than... Because a lot of times, as you say, when someone's asking you, it's kind of they're thinking of themselves and it's not even about you at all. And so mm-hmm. if you're communicating what you're doing and why you're doing it, then it, it can just open up the conversation a little more. And, you know, there could be judgment, but then it starts to figure out what feels right for you. So it's to be aware of these things. There could be some emotions and stuff coming up for you around this and to really just bring awareness to that and not judge yourself for having these kind of thoughts as well. Mm-hmm. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Just keep talking about that vision, get clearer and clearer and clearer on your why. And you're going to be so much more confident in sharing it and asking for the help and the support and the boundaries that you need. And so as far as getting down to the tactical side of these, these things with organizing our schedule, kind of a, a broader look at this, how do we become more efficient? Because I think we've got, if people are coming in at all, all angles and we're laying them all in. So now we've you know learned to set some boundaries. We've kind of communicated as to what, we're, we're, what we need. We're uh, saying no without excuses. How do we become more efficient in our, in our schedule? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Great question. I have a few things um, that I do to really make my schedule work for me rather than me work for my schedule. Uh, And one of the best things I've ever implemented, uh, well, this is a question I want you to answer to yourself as a listener. Uh, First is before I dive into these steps is how many times a week and Sarah, you can answer how many times a week Do you sit down with your schedule and look at what's going on? Yeah, I I live by my schedule and I put in all all my fun things in there as well as my work things and um, block the schedule. Otherwise, if I don't block it, it gets people will book book me in. In the beginning, I didn't block it. I was getting booked all all over the place and not in control of it. So yeah, my schedule has everything in there. I love it. See, and you're, you're like me, but we learned because we didn't have boundaries around our schedule at first and we didn't have the space we needed to be creative, to recoup, to take care of ourselves. Right. So we, we now learn to put that space in. So that's powerful. So I bet a lot of the listeners are sitting there like, Oh yeah, well, I look at it every day real quick, but I'm going to show you how to look at it with an attentive eye and create a plan. So what I do, the first thing 
is on Sunday evenings, I have schedule time. You can call it whatever you want, family meeting time. If you have kiddos already or a significant other people you need to communicate with, get them involved in this. It's going to feel uncomfortable in the beginning. There's going to be some deeper discussions in the beginning because you guys don't have some things in place and that's okay. That's how you get these things in place. Uh, and then as you get into the routine, three, six months in, it's going to be something you guys actually look forward to. What you're going to do on Sunday evenings is you're going to review the past week and make sure uh, that all your priorities were met. Uh, as it, like, So if there was things that didn't get accomplished last week that were important, making sure that they're getting moved to the next week um, and creating a solid planner on how to finish them this week. And then also look and see what flowed really well and what didn't. Was, you know, um, something at work really stressful on a certain day? Or did you not have enough time for a commute one day? Uh, was there things that just didn't flow well? Was there things that flowed really well? And start to pay attention to that because that's where we're going to want to make changes or solidify what is working. Uh, then you're going to look through your schedule for the upcoming week and time blocks. I'll talk to you about some of the blocks that I put into my time um, and scheduling, but we'll, we're going we're gonna to go through how I do that. Then what you'll say is you're going to need to communicate your needs or important items with those that need to know. So do you have you know, an animal that has to go to the vet, a child that needs to be dropped off at school? Do you have dry cleaning that needs to be picked up? Like you need who, who's going to the grocery store. You guys need to communicate about these things and set these priorities. Uh, make sure that you have your top priority scheduled for the week. So here's how I work into my schedule. Um, I go in and I schedule the biggest priorities. I schedule in work. You need to make sure that that's set aside first, right? Uh, whether you work for yourself or you work for somebody else, the, those hours have to be in. I schedule in errands that need to be run. Do you need to get the oil changed? Do you need to go to Costco? Do you have to go to the grocery store? I mean, we need to eat, right? Maybe you get your groceries delivered. Awesome. When are you going to do that? Do you have it in your schedule to sit down at the computer for 20 minutes and order your groceries? Do you have it in your schedule for an hour to go to the grocery store? That needs to be in the schedule. If we don't have that in the schedule, it becomes a, oh God, my day's already busy and now we have nothing for dinner. Like who can relate to that, right? We've all been in that place. Um, doctor's appointments, anything like that, that needs to be in the schedule. So you're going to go through and put all of that in your schedule for the following week. Uh, and then you're going to make a list of your, your to-do list for Monday. So I do this every night, but what you do is in the evening, you look at Monday's schedule and you make a to-do list and you make it very clear, and very doable. Um, and I have it kind of like work stuff on one side, uh, personal stuff on the other side. And I make sure that I can go and check all of those things off on the following day. So when I sit down at my computer, it's not a, Hmm. I wonder what I have to get done today. It's let me look at my list and I'm going down the list and that list is checked off by the end of the day. Uh, and then this allows you to go to sleep with a clearer mind and a clear plan. So you do this on Sunday. This is going to take you about 30 minutes, really getting clear on your schedule for the week. If there's any conflicts, this gives you time to communicate those with people. If there's any priorities that need to be accomplished, it gives you time to schedule them in. And then each evening, Every evening before I go to bed, I look at my schedule and I make my to-do list for the next day. It takes me about five minutes. And this way I can look at my previous day, see what wasn't accomplished, see what flowed well, what didn't, make the changes that need to happen, uh, confirm appointments I have, and write down that quick little to-do list of personal and business things that need to happen. Uh, the coolest thing is if you really add this up, and take all the time that I, it takes, maybe um, one and a half hours total of your week. It's 2.5% of your week. And you have solid routines, solid checklists, solid plans with those that need to know. So your week can just flow with a much, but much more ease. Uh, and then once I have those uh, solid things in my schedule, as far as like the grocery store and the work and all that, I make sure that I plug in my workouts. I plug in, uh, you know, dates or, you know, like social gatherings. I plug in relaxation time, uh, what I just call like breakout blocks. Like they just need to be times for myself. When are you going to sit down and just read a book or watch your show or go to the beach or go for a hike? Like, 
When are you going to do these things? Go on a date with your spouse. Like they need to happen and they need to be in there. Um, and the other thing I like to put in my schedule is buffer blocks. So I do about 30 minutes at the end of every day of a buffer block that allows me to go check emails. It allows me to answer voicemails, answer text messages, answer Facebook messages. So when they're piling up all day, I'm not feeling overwhelmed. I kind of do that in the morning and I do that in the evening. And then in between, um, I don't jump to every time my email dings because I'd be going crazy if I did. So making sure you kind of have those at the beginning and end of the day, that will really help you. Um, but those are some of the actual tangible steps that I take to ensure that my schedule is working for me instead of me working for it. Yeah, I love it. So doing that 30-minute review on a, on a Sunday. And then I like the whole piece about what flowed well and what's not not working. Like for, for me, it would be, oh, wait, if I didn't have time to eat, if I, my, my lunch came, became like 2.30 and I just, you know, I didn't block off, someone booked me, I didn't b- block off lunchtime. And so that that flowing piece and that that time blocks were... I work with people and talk to them about, um, you know, when are you the most productive and sort of planning some of those things that require more brain power. So for me, I'm more productive in the morning. So I make sure I get any kind of like written copy done or whatever I need to do for, for work that that's, that's done earlier. Cause then in the end, in the afternoon, I'm like, I just, I'm not as focused. And the grocery store piece, uh, <laughs> this is a huge thing with the couples I'm coaching it. It's like, okay, we need to make a time, you know, in the, the, the schedule to make sure you'll have the grocery shopping done. And for me, it's, it's a, it's a Sunday, Sunday before lunch. I just make sure it's done. I do not like doing it, but I always like having food in the house. So having that in, in my, I don't actually have it blocked on Sunday, but I just know that every Sunday I'll do that. And yeah, and it's funny because my, my son's just starting homeschooling and the tutor came over yesterday. And the first thing she did is like, okay, let's look at our calendar. We're going to block out when we're going to do this and which course we're going to do and let's color code it. And you know, to get him organized. So, um, which should be an interesting thing. for, for <laughs> What a beautiful skill Good. to teach him at such a young age. I know she came over. I'm like, Oh, this is so awesome. And just back to the, um, to-do list. So, okay. So the to- to-do list can be, I remember like being in corporate where my to-do list was like a freaking monster every day. I'd be like, Oh my, are you kidding me? I got 40 things on this to-do list. So how do we keep the, keep it to like three. So then you actually end the day, you're, oop, oop, those are, those are checked off because the thing with work or your career, your job, it, it'll be there the next day. That's what it is. It doesn't go away. So the, to- the to-do list though, it could become this monstrous thing that you know, totally kills us. Any tips on that? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. It can become very overwhelming. If you have a, a very demanding job or someone like uh, me or Sarah who run our own businesses, like the to-do list is always like, I always say there's the to-do list and the wish list. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you can have a monthly list that's going that like sometime in this month, I need to do my expenses for last month. I need to do like certain things, but they don't have to get done on Tuesday right? So when you're looking at your schedule for today's Wednesday, when I look at my schedule for tomorrow, I have certain things on my to-do list that get written down every day, meditate, workout. I have some um, neuro rehab exercises I do for my brain injury. Uh, Like there's certain things that are on there every day for myself, right? And then I have my tasks that I need to get done, like recording this podcast with you is on on my to-do list. So that's down there for today. So I write down the absolute musts and appointments I have. And then from there, I try to limit it to one or two tasks that are kind of outside of my appointments that I'm going to need to accomplish mm-hmm. or want to accomplish. Um, and I can go back and reference back to my like master to-do list of like things I want to accomplish. So if a day comes up where I'm like, I don't have a lot in the books today. That's great. So what are some of the bigger tasks I've been wanting to do and I haven't gotten to? One of those can move to your daily to-do list off of that kind of what I call the wish list. (laughs) Yeah. You want want, writing it every single, like physically writing it every single day is going to help you restrict it because you're not going to want to write the same, like you're not going to want to write, let's say I need to email you back for some reason and I'm not just hypothetically. You're not going to want to write email Sarah back every day for three weeks. Like eventually you're just going to sit down and be like, I'm just going to email Sarah back. This is ridiculous. Why is this still on my list? Right. Uh, 
So I've you, had those ones where I'm like, do this. I'm like, holy cow, this thing has been on the damn list for like two months. Why am I? And then to dig into, well, well, should it even be on the list? Exactly. And then to figure out, well, what's the procrastination? You know, typically under procrastination is fear. What am I afraid of? You know, what, kind of dig a little deeper on that. But yeah, those ones can be can be fun. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's so powerful to to really be cognizant and aware to the fact where why? Why is this still on my list? Why am I still staring at this thing? But physically writing it down, I literally go to the dollar store and I buy these little notebooks and I can rip pages out of them and I don't care. It's just a cheap old little notebook. And I have a page for every single day and I just write it out. And then I finish my day. I rip it out. Uh, whatever didn't get crossed off, maybe one thing didn't get crossed off. It gets moved to my next list. Again, this is a process that's going to take you some practice. Just like your Sunday meetings are going to be a little intense in the beginning because you're going to look at your schedule and be like, oh boy. And if they're not high five yourself, you're awesome. But these to-do lists are going to be a little overwhelming in the beginning too, because it's a new skill set. But if you can be clear and intentional with your time, when you do sit down or when you do, you know, I'll even write, like, I know what I'm making for food today. And it's on my to-do list because then there's no pause of like, I'm going to go stand in front of the refrigerator and I'm going to open it up and I'm going to sit here and think about what looks good. Like, no, I'm just open up the fridge and I know exactly what I'm cooking. I know exactly how long it's going to take me. And I have a plan. So I'm like, I like to just in pl- like plan those things so that I'm really organized about it and I don't have to, to stress. Yeah. And there could be some resistance coming up too. If you're listening to this going, oh my goodness, this sounds like too uber organized. And then to, to really dig into the resistance. Well, you know, if you're, if going back to that vision, wait a minute, this is why we're doing these changes. This is what's resistance is normal and kind of, well, wait a minute. Why is that coming up? Why do I not want to be organized? Why do I don't, why do I not want to set boundaries? What's, what's underneath the resistance fear that it won't work that, you know, whatever may, may be coming up for you. So if resistance is coming up, that's, that's a nice one to uh, dig into as well. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Pause instead of getting frustrated by it, pause and say, why, why is this, why is this coming up for me? Right. And then with the goal side of things, with the to-do list to, to look at, a lot of times we might set these goals, these lofty goals and, you know, stretch goals are great, but it's more to figure out what's the absolute minimum, what's, what's, what's the ideal. And then, then somewhere in, in, in the middle is where, is where it, it could sit. So if it's basically, if we've given too much information on this, it's kind of for you. Maybe the first step is to just even write a list if you haven't even started or to like, like um, Jennifer was saying, have a Sunday meeting with your spouse and say, Hey, what is, what does next week look like? And start and start it, but start small. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Little things. You don't need to go and um, implement everything at once, but just start by having your Sunday meeting and then you can start by doing your daily to-do lists. And then you'll get to a point where I am, where every once in a while I'll have a day where I'm like, how did I let that day get so out of control and overbooked? And then it, it's a little like hip check to say, okay, you got to watch your boundaries again, because boundaries isn't a destination. Boundaries is a daily effort, right? We, people are like, I want balance in life. Like you're, you're never going to have, like, you're never going to get to a day and be like, my life is perfectly balanced. Cause then the universe is going to be like, bam, we're going to throw something at you. But your, your daily practice of working on this balance, working on these boundaries, working on this schedule, that is what's important. Showing up for it every single day, just like you do your physical muscles. This is your emotional, mental muscles of, of being confident in yourself and knowing you're worth it and setting some strict rules around your schedule and your life, because that, that takes time and it takes effort. But if you show up for it a little bit each day, you're going to get stronger and stronger and stronger at it. Absolutely. And after coaching couples and we've talked to them, you know, how much uh, research are you doing with it, with infertility? Cause this could go down the infertility, you go down the rabbit hole of hours of internet research and following, you know, Instagram accounts and, and all of that, which can be, some of it can be helpful, but if it's hours and you've lost track of your day to look, to see where you are wasting that time. And if it could be, you know, better serve as, as Jennifer was saying, go for a hike or go get it in nature. Go to, if you have a beach, like you're lucky to live in San Diego, if you have a beach, go for it. It, to to be aware of where those time sucks are that you can you can probably streamline things a little better. 
Yeah, absolutely. And so what are some of your tips to help with uh, focus and clarity? Obviously, there's probably some essential oils. I think frankincense is good for for helping with focus. But anything you can think of to help with uh, focus and clarity that you recommend? Yeah, one of the the best things that I recommend for everyone. And again, sometimes I say these recommendations and people are like, really, you you thought real hard about that one because they're so simple. But Mm -hmm. that's the joy of life is the simplicity, right? Uh, but one of my biggest recommendations is to breathe. So according to the American Institute of Stress, the best stress reducer is to breathe, like simply breathe. So I like to do this exercise with essential oils because I just love my essential oils. So I'll grab something like peppermint or frankincense or ground the grounding bed, blend balance. Um, it's really ironic to grab balance when you're working on boundaries and balance and scheduling, right? <laughs> but I'll take a drop in my hands and I'll do what I call the four by four by four by four breath. So it's very simple. You can do it anywhere. No one needs to know you're doing it. Um, Or if you can, you can close your eyes and really drop into it. But what you do is you inhale for four seconds. You hold your breath for four seconds. You exhale for four seconds. And then you hold your breath for four seconds. Repeat that four times. And I... I mean, you'll be hard pressed to not feel better after that. Your heart rate's going to be lower. Your respiratory rate's going to be lower. Your, your actual physiological response is that your body's going to move from fight or flight towards um, rest and digest. So you're going to be shutting off the sympathetic nervous system, turning on the parasympathetic nervous system. Maybe four isn't enough. Maybe you need to do eight. Maybe you need to do 10, whatever you need to do. But this does not take you very long. And pausing to breathe is really powerful. This is a cool quote by Eckhart Tolle that I just love. Be aware of your breathing. Notice how this takes attention away from your thinking and creates space. So when you're feeling that overwhelm and that like need to focus, need to kind of drop in, maybe that's something you do with your spouse before your Sunday meeting. You guys do a little meditation or a short breathing exercise, and then you're able to come with a much clearer, calm mind to that you know, quote unquote meeting about your week, right? Yeah. The breath is the the foundation of it all. And for years and probably like so many people listening, it was kind of breathing in the upper chest part. And now it's like breathing in the belly and let the belly hang out and taking those, those deep breaths. Cause a lot of times we're with our shoulders up to our ears and we're like, Oh, we're not even breathing. So, and then would you recommend, um, so putting that essential oils on your, your hand on inhaling or what are you have a diffuser going or what do you have there? Yeah. I like to do a drop right on my hand and breathe it in. So put my hands over my nose and breathe it in. And then when you're done with the breath, you can rub it over your heart or into the back of your neck and it'll just feel really good. So yeah, peppermint, frankincense, balance. Those are some of my favorites for that exercise. That's why I love going to yoga because my yoga studio at the end, they'll give me some essential oil. I'm like, I'm, I'm literally just coming for that little, that neck massage and the essential oil at the end. <laughs> Yeah, I love yoga, but that, that at the end is just like the icing on the cake. Um, yeah. Okay, great. So you are a obsessed with books, just like me. So you have, is there anything you'd like to recommend, be it a book or a website or an app or a documentary, anything in there that you'd like to recommend to us? You've, you've mentioned a few as we were going along. Yeah, I'm going to give you guys three that I, I love here and they're going to speak to different people. Um, and I already mentioned um, some of them, but the big leap, if you're really struggling with getting out of your own way and feeling like you deserve what you're working towards. Um, like you can actually have what you want. The big leap is a really great book. Uh, and it's a very simple read. So I would really recommend reading that and dropping into why are you having some of those um, thoughts for yourself? And then the compound effect, it's a little more business based, but I think you can take the concepts to your personal journeys as well, because the compound effect goes into the idea that we're a culmination of our habits and our habits can make us or break us. So what are you doing every day? Um, and how is that affecting your bottom line and getting to your, your vision, your why, right? Like how is that helping you, you get to where you want to be? And, and it just, it's a really powerful concept of taking control of our lives and it's a very simple, simple, simple read. Uh, and then lastly, if you're really like, I want more information on time blocking, I want to get more specific about it. Uh, the 12-week year is a really great book as far as learning more about taking control of your schedule. Uh, and it's going to help you more with some of your work tasks and things too, but it does just help you 
learn more about how your schedule can be organized and optimized for you. Um, I just, I love, I love that book. I mean, I could go on with book lists for, for days. Um, but those are some of the ones when we're really talking about boundaries and scheduling and, um, creating healthy habits and routines. Those are some of the best ones that come to mind for me. Love that. So the big, uh, big leap, uh, the compound effect and the 12 week year. Yep. Yeah. And is there a success story you'd like to share with us? Yeah. One of the, the best success stories I have, um, that I just love was so simple because she came to me for energy and we started doing some of the, the, the more physical things like essential oils for energy, habits for energy, exercise. Um, we started looking at her, her eating and, and all that. We really started with the physical body uh, because that was her biggest concern. And then we dropped back to working on the mind. And now I always walk my clients through this method where I go mind, balance, body. So we far, start first with the mind, the vision, the clear goals, um, getting clear on the schedule, the, the balance and things. And then we get to the physical because a lot of times the physical solve by the time we get there. We went back to her mind and we or I mean her balance um, and her mindset and her worthiness around like creating boundaries and then really implementing some skills around saying yes to things that serve her, saying no to things that don't, um, getting clear in her scheduling. And it was really interesting because the physical stuff helped a little bit with her energy. But when we gave her control over her schedule and she felt confident in, um, she was a single mom that worked full time and she was, you know, didn't want to look like, you know, she wasn't doing all for her child. So she said, yes, every PTA meeting, you know, every social thing was at every kid's birthday party. And when we gave her permission to like, just say no, it was me. She was a different person within a matter of weeks because she finally had the power and the space to take care of herself and show up the best way she could for her child and for herself. And it was so powerful. So just that idea of Sometimes we think we have to do something physical to change a physical thing. Like, um, we have to, you know, change our like actual, what supplements we're taking to have more energy. Right. But if we look at what's actually happening in our day-to-day activities and what we're allowing in, in our energy, it's going to completely shift how our bodies show up and how we show up and how we feel. So that was one of my favorite success stories, just to see her step into her power and be like, I can say no to things and have her start saying no to things and have the confidence to do it and feel amazing. So that was, that's one of my favorite client journeys. Oh, I love that. Thanks for sharing. And uh, so you have got a free 15 minute call that you're uh, offering the listeners and what would they get with that? Absolutely. Yeah. So I, uh, I love working with my clients through the mind balance body method and helping you reach your physical goals by getting clear in your mind, getting clear on your balance and um, your scheduling and things. So if you're sitting here saying like, this is all great, but I need some more questions answered. I need some more support around um, saying no, creating my vision. Uh, if you want to hop on the phone with me, we can hop on the phone for 15 minutes, um, get real clear on some action steps for you, and then um, see if you'd like to learn more about what I do. But really just come so that you can learn more about these topics. If you want to get more clear for you specifically on setting boundaries, on working with your schedule, just book that call with me. It'll, it'll be a it'll be ton of fun just to connect and get to know you a little bit more. So do you want me to give them the link? Sure. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So it's http dot bit dot ly forward slash one five nwt. So bit.ly forward slash one five nwt. And then you guys can also find me um, on LinkedIn as Jennifer Shaw or on Instagram at natural wellness tips. And you can find the link to schedule on either of those too. Awesome. And we'll have the link in the show notes and yeah, check out her uh, Instagram. You've got some really cool um, couples yoga there that you were doing there. You were just flying away. I was like, wow, you were fit. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing a little acro yoga. <laughs> a lot of fun. I loved it. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on, sharing your words of wisdom and really, uh, really these, these tips are quite helpful to really dig into boundaries and then the, ta- the tactical part of actually scheduling it and making it happen. So thanks so much for coming on, Jennifer. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Hey there, I regularly speak with five to 10 couples per week who are struggling to have their baby. And although we wanna help everyone, we only have two spots available per month to work with us. So the Supercharger Fertility Discovery Call is for action takers. 
really people who are ready to move forward so they can finally have their baby. And if you're not ready and you wait, the risk is you'll need to wait two to three months for a spot to open up. So if you're seriously considering working with us, go to fabfertile, F-A-B, fertile.com and click on book a free call. Then you'll be all booked in and ready to spend 30 minutes to give you the action plan to getting pregnant naturally. That's fabfertile, F-A-B, fertile.com and click on book a free call. The Get Pregnant Naturally podcast, including show notes and links, provides information with respect to healthy living, nutrition, lab testing, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Get Pregnant Naturally podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without representation or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program.